You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Well, this morning, uh, I want to share a message um, in our series, Little Big Life. And uh, I'm going to read straight from uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Got a little bit of a prop coming on, so uh, you can be distracted as that comes on while I read the rest of the passage. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together and with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word is a lamp to our feet and it's a light to our path. God, you call us to be a part of a community, but not just a community of friends, but a biblical community, a community that that loves your word and honors your word. And Father, as we talk today and as we, we share and hear some stories of your goodness and your faithfulness, the challenges, but also the joy of community, Father, I pray, Lord, that each of us would go deeper in our relationship with you and in our relationship with others. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I've often read this passage of Scripture and thought, imagine what it would have been like to be a part of that. You know, when all of a sudden the community just erupts and all of these things start taking place. So I'm like, sign me up. I'm in. You know, and as, as you look around in today's day and age, we live in a world that is, it feels fake. So many people trying to, trying to promote themselves through a status that really isn't real, hiding behind masks of fear and of insecurity. And I think there's a genuine cry for authentic community life-changing, transforming community. And that's what we saw in this passage in Acts. And how did this community come about? Because often you can look at that and go, well, they'd all walk with Jesus and they built this community. Now, a few of them had, and a few of them went and gathered in an upper room and they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and tongues of fire came and fell and it was this incredible experience. And then Peter gets up and preaches and 3,000 people come and listen to his message at least because 3,000 people are saved And all of a sudden, you've got an instant community of 3,000 people. I don't think that would have been easy. Can you imagine 3,000 people being added to our number tomorrow? That's complicated, right? I struggle in the family of five that I have in relationships, let alone add another 3,000 to our mix. And yet, God moved amongst those people. Having been involved in church for a number of years now, over a couple of decades we've been in church leadership, the the logistics of caring for a community of 3,000 people overnight would have been insane. And I can imagine the trials, the challenges. And we see even throughout the book of Acts, people who thought, you know, this is about me. God says, no, it's not. (laughs) It's about me. It's about holiness. It's about a standard of living according to the Word of God. But there was something about this movement that caused it to grow. 
and caused it to continue to grow. Because at the heart of it, the people experienced the redeeming power of God's love. Something changed within them as they realized how much God loved them. And they lived that out boldly, selflessly, without fear of needing to build their own reputation. They've been captivated by a vision that was bigger than themselves, and at the center of it was Jesus and the gospel message. And that message was for anyone, anyone who had faith. And that message is for you today, the same. Verse 42 I want to focus on today. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. The word fellowship is translated as koinonia, which means intimate spiritual communion, participative. I knew I was going to get that wrong. I won't even try. I got it right when I was practicing it. Sharing in a common religious commitment and spiritual community. Another says a gift jointly contributed. So I bring mine, you bring yours, we bring it together, and it becomes this koinonia. Now, fellowship is not a word that we, we use very often in today's society. In fact, if I was to say to my football mates on Wednesday, hey boys, after training, care for a bit of fellowship? <laughs> they, they would just confirm how weird I am to them, a little bit more. But there's something about that fellowship. It's about a knitting together of people's hearts by the power of Holy Spirit. Fellowship is a deeply spiritual and significant part of anyone's life who's committed their life to Christ. Because it offers something the world can't give, power of Holy Spirit. I believe the only way a community that could function and grow so rapidly and then continue on, the only way that could be sustained, could continue to make an impact, not let egos and that self-drive and determination get in the way, would be as if it was empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit. The koinonia we see as a supernatural move of God. You know, and I could, I could share a number of testimonies of 20 plus years of ministry, uh, of people that uh, had encounters with God, but I thought the best way I could do it was share a few stories of people in our midst. And uh, so today, I'm going to invite a few friends, and uh, when, I, when I suggested this to a couple of them, they said, not a chance. There is no way I'm going to get up and do that. I said, well, what if we make a sandwich together like we do during the week? So we're going to have a sandwich. You guys can listen in on our conversation. How does that sound? That sound all right? So come on, why don't you welcome to the stage, Matt Dodd, whoa, Shannon, Toki, and Andy Mowat. Grab a seat, boys, and feel free to start. Have you bought something? Everyone bought something? That's good. All right. Nervous? Yep. Good. Awesome. I want to talk about three things that, that take place when we make a commitment to a biblical community. Yeah, yeah, jump in. Get going. Get going. <laughs> Sandwiches don't make themselves, right? And I figure if you're eating, you're probably going to be less nervous. So, The, the three things that I, I believe take place when we... Yeah, I'll grab some too. Thank you. I'll just do one. You have two. That's great. <laughs> Three things take place when we make a commitment to be a part of a biblical community. And uh, Shannon, I'm going to get you to pause in a moment because uh, you're up first. So, yeah. <laughs> but the good thing is, once you've finished talking, you then get to eat. And these guys have to stress through it. So, so the first thing is, when we commit to a biblical community, we become whānau. 
That's the first thing that takes place. We become family. Uh, Ephesians 2.19 says, You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. And, you know, for many of us, we find ourselves coming into a community kind of wondering, you know, whether we will fit. I want to ask a question. How many people have immigrated from another country? So the country you were born in is... You know, you've moved from there and you are now here living in New Zealand. Can, can we get a wave? Look around. Look at, look at this. Look at how many people. We are so glad that you chose to be here, that, that, you, that you paid the price to be here and you are so welcome. But how amazing that you've come and hopefully you have found family. So, Shannon, you go. But, butter that side and then we'll, we'll get into it. I want to ask the question. First question is, when did you come to Elam? Uh, I came to Elam about a year ago. Yep. Yep. I came from the Coromandel. Awesome. Uh, me and my kids, who was just a uh, single dad, probably been a single dad for f- about three years. Um, they had lost their mother to cancer um, in 2018. So, uh, yeah, there was a bit of a struggle, a bit of a hole, a bit of a hole for myself. And, um, yeah, and I, met, uh, I met a lovely lady from... Um, Bangalay, Helena. She's now my wife. Woo! Come on. Yeah. What were you expecting when you first came into church? Scared. I have to be honest. Um, never believed in God. Uh, my life's been so up and down. I um, didn't know where to go, what to do. So I just winged it, like I'm winging it today. <laughs> You're doing great, by the way. What did you then encounter when you actually did come? So, you know, if you're fearful coming in, what did you then experience when you came in? Oh, I experienced um, love, uh, different kind of love that, um, you know, you, you grow up with your parents. You, you, that's a kind of love that's unconditional, but it's very different to coming to church where it's really almighty you know, in, in so many ways and so many people in Christian life, really. Um, so to get married and the next day get baptised uh, was a highlight. Um, yeah. So, so you're now part of the whanau. I mean, you've well and truly embedded yourself in here. Whether we liked it or not, you're in, right? <laughs> we I'm do in, like it, I'm, by the way. I'm in. I'm yeah. in, yeah. What would you recommend? I mean, there are people here that are kind of testing the water of faith and, and not sure what life's going to be like and what would you recommend to somebody coming into church, coming into a biblical community? Hey, you know, it's, it's, it's really up, up to their own individual, you know. Uh, what is it they want in life? You know, who do they believe? Uh, for me, I believe in no one. I just followed my own instincts, uh, which the worldly way just takes us down the roads of unknowing. And um, to follow God, to follow Christ has just been an honour to take a lot of stress and pain and anger away from myself. Um, it's just been, yeah, it's been graceful. I've uh, just been gracefully broken and um, slowly being put back together doing an internship with Elam. So, yeah. Amazing. Uh, Shannon, you, you're going to get to eat in a moment. Would you would you bless us with a karakia for for our food? Yeah, that's all right. Sorry, please. Fakapoingi nei kai heo ranga mato tina na 
whāngai hoki o mātou wairua ki te taro o te ora o ihu karaiti tō mātou āriki ake ake. Amini. Amini. Now you can make your sandwich and uh, I'm going to pass, pass the microphone on. <laughs> Thank you, Shannon. Um, the second thing we see, so obviously we become a part of a whānau. We become a part of God's family. Um, and it's so wonderful to see even Shannon and, and Helena and just watching even this family that's come together, two girls worshipping this morning. It's just so beautiful to watch. Um, second thing we see in a biblical community is we find healing and freedom. You know, because we're all broken people. I love that, gracefully broken. We, 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 we find freedom and healing. I don't know a single person who doesn't get better with somebody encouraging them. You know, somebody that puts courage in. You know, even if it's not your love language, gifts of, gifts, words of encouragement still fills every single person. And uh, what I love is, is seeing when people, it's not just, I think you're great, and I want to bless you and encourage you, but actually, I see your blind side. You know, I'm covering your blind side. I see the things that, that maybe you don't see, and I'm going to help you with that. And uh, so w- when we find healing and freedom, it happens in the place of community. And uh, Galatians 6.2, it says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And I want to say I'm just so proud of this man, Matt Dodd, and uh, the, the way he's lived his life and the way he's living his life. And we are so proud, um, even that he's up here standing on stage, yes. or sitting on stage. <laughs> and um, Matt... When you first came to Elam, uh, well, when did you first come to Elam? Oh, I've been th- saying three years for quite a while now. <laughs> <laughs> it might be closer to six. <laughs> yeah. And how would you describe your, your faith, your walk with God, um, when you first started attending? Uh, it was very real. Um, it was a wrestle. Yeah, I, uh, I was wrestling with alcohol when I walked in. And just to give a bit of context, I'd... Over the 10 years previous, I'd given up three times for like two-year periods, not a drop, but it just always managed to sneak its way back in. And at this point, I was—I uh, had a, developed a heart condition where um, the people around me diagnosed me with anxiety that was causing a heart condition that I was then medicating with alcohol when it was actually a heart condition brought on by alcohol. <laughs> it was causing anxiety, so yeah, it doesn't pay to self-diagnose. But <laughs> um, yeah, the worst thing was I was—I wasn't drinking really heavily. I was just coping with what I was dealing with, but I was hiding it from my wife, and I was really um, wrestling with God over it. Yeah. You had a significant moment where actually that desire for alcohol kind of left in a moment. Yeah. What what happened? What happened there? Um, well, just saying again, give a bit of context, I would, I had a group of friends outside of church, and I'd go there, and they would, uh, they would tell me, you know, you only have a beer or two, and I would if I had your condition, and it was, yeah, I'd feel good in that moment, I'd get in the car, and I'd be like, sorry God, I certainly wouldn't tell Anne, the bottles would be in a bin before I got home, and, uh, yeah, and then I started going to a small group at your place, and we were just doing a study on Romans, and that was, that was cool, I just sort of watched everyone, just had a little bit of input here and there, and um, yeah, just seen over a space of about eight weeks, we'd, we'd guys pray for each other, and they'd, they'd bring me wins, and some things that were going wrong, and I saw a couple of real breakthroughs, and yeah, just this particular night going there, I had applied that scripture, if you confess to your to your friends, I don't know exactly 
how that goes. But J James five sixteen. Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't well premeditated. I just sort of went in with that thought and got to the end of the meeting and peered off and prayed. And I I told uh, mate there, Vili, that um, we were. I told him what was going on, and he yeah prayed beautifully for me and everything. I thought, oh yeah, cool. I've confessed awesome. to my friends and. Yep. And put my hand on my shoulder and said, you know, go home and tell your wife. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no. But, um, yeah, so I got in the car outside of Mike's and my hands on the steering wheel and went, oh, I'm committed now. I'm, I'm accountable to these guys. And, yeah, so I drove home and prayed and listened to a little sermon and got home and sat Ange down and let her know. And, yeah, woke up the next morning and, something that I, even the smell of would, you know, I'd be in, it, it was just gone. Wow, was, praise I'd, the Lord. I'd handed it over. But yeah, it was the accountability to my friends that... So what's different now? Now, if, if that's awesome, come on, that's worth celebrating. <laughs> praise God for that. Yeah. What's different now, you know, as you're kind of, as you face challenges, now you're walking not just with God, but with godly men alongside you what's what's shifting what's what's changing for you now well I yeah I was particularly bad of living under condemnation and that that had lifted not that I'm a perfect person but that one thing where the enemy had a hold and I was obviously called by God but that would disqualify me and that, yeah I'm, I'm not disqualified yeah. Yeah. wonderful Matt you're a legend you did incredibly well. You can hand the mic over now. <laughs> the third thing we see when we commit to a biblical community is that we challenge each other and grow together through adversity. You know, we grow through the challenges. And um, I, I love this verse in Acts 2.44. It says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Now, I, I, I look at that and I go, really? Do they really have everything together in common? 3,000 people coming together? I mean, really? Did they all agree on the same stuff? I don't think they did. I mean, they couldn't have agreed on everything. I can't, I can't agree with my wife on everything. Can you? I mean, it's, it's impossible. But what they had together that was in common was the Word of God. They were building a community on the Bible. <laughs> they were building a community on the apostles' teaching, which would become the full canon of Scripture. Now, uh, it's, it's funny, we, a bunch of guys have a sandwich on a Thursday afternoon and Paul Shepard brings the bread and everyone kind of brings a little bit and, and uh, Jaden came in one day and was offered half a, half a sandwich and he looked at it and he goes, does that have avocado on it? And, and, and we're like, yeah. And he goes, oh, no thanks. Now, now, I don't understand why he doesn't like avocado because avocado is great on a sandwich, right? Now, some of you are going, no way. You know, avocado fans hate avocado. But you know what? You're all welcome here. <laughs> you know, your love for avocado doesn't determine whether you get to be a part of church. And, and I think we find in this world so many people going, I have a difference of opinion, so therefore we can't connect. Biblical community says, I'm going to love you regardless of how you think. Now, when we find the things that really matter, I think the things they had together in common, I think... That was the Bible. I think that's the truth of God's word. And I think when there was disagreement, I think they said, okay, well, what does the Bible actually say about this? 
And then we go from that place of difference to this place of connection and finding all things together. And food. And food. <laughs> that always works as well. Now, someone who's been challenged, someone who's gone through the, the trial of the gift of the suffering and trials, is this man, Andy. Andy, tell us about the trial of faith. You're going to talk and I'm going to eat. Okay. Kia ora, everybody. Um, so many of you will know portions of the story. Some of you will know all of the story. Um, but uh, so about 30 years ago, 34 years ago, I had a nasty car accident out north of Carmel and I ended up with quite a nasty leg injury which required surgery. The leg, my, knee, my left knee, um, it, it improved to a point where I could get out and do things. I've climbed mountains, I've done half marathons, I've kept myself pretty fit. But then over the years it degraded, ended up with post-trauma osteo um, so that in October 2020 I had the first knee replacement uh, and the operation itself seemed to go quite well, but I ended up getting really ill as the week went on, um, and um, I ended up with blood clots on my lungs, and I was rushed from Kensington Hospital to Whangarei Hospital with um, Emma there all the way, and it was, um, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty tough time. I couldn't stand, I couldn't even, it took two people to adjust my position in bed. I'd gone from being this big, strong, fella to be um, just incredibly weak and so the recovery from that was really slow uh, and it obviously slowed down the recovery for the surgery from the surgery as well but the surgery didn't really go according to plan either so I had subsequent surgeries to try and put it right um, and over the next few months I had several more general anesthetics and it simply wasn't working the way it was supposed to and um, it's all about the timing man <laughs> Comedy. <laughs> I thought you told Helena not to call you during this. <laughs> Excellent. That was arranged, by the way. Um, and so then I developed a uh, what they call a baker's cyst on the back of the knee, and uh, so it really got in the way of mobility. It spread down into the calf, so they decided to operate to remove it. From there, I ended up with major infection. So around the middle of last year. Um, they made the decision that after many, I mean, we tried to think about 25 or 30 hours in different um, visits to ED, and it was crazy. And so my, my leg was an absolute mess. The infection was getting worse and worse. So they decided they had to take out the original prosthetic and put a temporary one in. Um, I was admitted into Ward 1 at the time when COVID was rife in the ward. It was actually officially closed. Um, and I caught COVID while I was in there, and I ended up having a second knee replacement within about two and a half weeks of the first one because the infection was just running crazy. So I'm, I'm now known as the knee guy um, in Whangarei <laughs> Hospital. Throughout all of that, I was getting weaker and weaker and weaker. I was classed as um, clinically malnourished, and I'm obviously not malnourished these days. Um, and I just had nothing left in the tank physically. And so um, I had my Bible at my side. In fact, this man... Um, uh, Hudson, Tender, Paul Shepherd, and who have I missed out? Oh, that's it. They were part of an online group, and I was invited to join. It was the four faithful men. It's now five faithful men, and they bought me a Bible, and um, I did have a Bible with me anyway, but this one was a particular translation, and I just started digging into the Word, and I prayed, and I, I'd al I was already doing that Bible recap that some of you might be familiar with. So I was reading the Bible in chronological order every morning. Um, but what I was finding is that um, I was getting 
I, while I was getting physically weaker and weaker, um, I was recovering in my head and my heart. And I had my Bible openly there beside the bed in a really secular environment. I was in isolation. I couldn't have visitors for weeks. Um, and um, But I would wake up in the morning and I would find that some, a, a nurse will have left a Bible verse stuck to my stuck to my Bible. They're not even allowed to do it. Like They could get into serious trouble. It was kind of like this secret thing going on, and it was just amazing. I kept a journal. Um, Emma would um, pass um, packets, packages to the security guards, and they would bring it up, um, and it would be just, it would be all sorts of treats to try and get me to eat and stuff. Um, I think bacon and McMuffin found its way, right. wasn't it? So uh, this, this man's whanau, um, <laughs> Matt's whanau were, uh, were amazing. Ange, who works up there as well, um, get this, uh, she's a diabetes nurse, but she walked through the entire hospital with a happy, with a, a breakfast, a McDonald's breakfast to bring to me. I don't know what her colleagues thought, but she was able to put PPE on and, and, and smuggle this into me with an encouraging message on the coffee cup and stuff. And it was those little lifelines. I also... I also had so many supporters within within the people here, and so thank you. Wayne came and did our lawns. I had people praying, and I knew it. I had people praying in the UK. In fact, we've got dear friends from the UK over here today who were part of the support crew, Ernie and Kathy, sitting in the front row there. My son, Chris, and his lovely uh, daughter, Clara, they were supporters. My daughter, Charlotte, was able to come over. That was through a give a little page from her church friends in the UK that paid for her to come. And it was just amazing. Um, but the journey wasn't over. I'd had the three knee replacements and I came home. I was really weak. I, I, um, I qualified for, for mobility parking. I'd, you know, I'd been, you know, always been this big, strong fella. And, um, and then <coughs> um, I had a, a district nurse visit every day. I qualified for home help morning and night. Um, it, was, it was really quite desperate physical stuff. I had to administer... Uh, my own IV each morning and things. It was it was really quite something. Um, and but I still needed a permanent knee replacement because the one I had in was a temporary. So on the 28th of November last year, I had my fourth knee replacement, um, and the rest has been history. I was out of hospital in two days. Um, I had already applied for a new job while I was still in recovery from the previous. And um, God has just been there the whole way, um, and has been kind of on my shoulder. <coughs> reassuring me um, and um, one of the things that I was able to do in hospital when I was feeling so gravely ill was to pray for others in the room um, because it, it just brought me out of myself and I was I was kind of less aware of my own yeah, suffering if that makes sense and so um, my nickname in, in Hosp Whangarei Hospital in Ward 1 was Camp Mother <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I took that as a huge compliment but it was all about God and, um, and the more I've handed things over, I felt like I was being paired back. I was just having all my pride, my everything that I had relied on, my physical. I was always the guy that lifted the heavy end of the piano and didn't think about it, you know, whereas I'm kind of a bit of a shadow of my former self at the moment, but I'm every day I'm improving um, and getting stronger and stronger. So that's kind of, the, that's awesome. sorry, that was a long, <laughs> long bit, sorry. But what a journey, you know, and, oh, yeah. and I think, you know, if, if you were to ask anybody here, we're all probably going through some kind of challenge, some kind of crisis, there's something going on in our world. What would you recommend, having walked through this journey, what would you recommend for somebody? To, yeah. I would say be open about it. Don't try and hide it. Um, don't be embarrassed. It doesn't matter if it's a mental health challenge, if it, what, whatever it is. You need to be open with your, 
with your Christian Fano. Reach out, dig into the word, pray, get get pray. There, there is something so incredibly uh, healing about knowing there are prayer chains that, with social media these days, they spread all around the world. That, that, and that's what social media can do for the good. Knowing that there are people that you'll probably never ever meet who are actually they have you on their prayer list, um, and. You know, sometimes these things come along as an opportunity to have, I never had that much time on my hands before where I could actually just listen and, um, and read and, and listen to podcasts and, and it gave me an opportunity to really um, just dig in deep. So, but yeah, never be embarrassed to ask for prayer. It is just so incredible. And um, I love these guys. They have been amazing, um, just amazing. It's just yeah, the stuff we have shared and the conversations that we have and we meet online for Bible studies and things, it is incredible. So, kia ora, guys. Amazing. Come on, can we give these guys a hand? Well, I think it's better that you do it with food because <laughs> we all need to survive with kai, eh? <laughs> So the best place to do that is together with food. Kia ora. <laughs> and the great thing is that uh, there's always room at the table for one more. Where's Noah Rain? You want a half a sandwich, bro? Oh, no, he's, he's right there. He heard there was food. Come on. <laughs> come and join us on stage. Have a sandwich. You don't have to say anything, but you can come, come and grab half a sandwich. See, I think, I think when we do community, we, we bring our kids with us. We bring our kids... On the journey with us, and uh, this is one of our young men who's just doing an amazing job, uh, being a part of our youth ministry. You should have seen Friday night. I walked in to pick up the kids, and uh, the atmosphere and the presence of God as the men, the, the youth were gathering around one another, praying for one another. We're a church of the generations, and uh, when we're building a biblical community, it's not just for my generation; it's for the generations that come. So it's all right; you don't have to say anything. You can just eat food. So that's good. <laughs> you guys can stay with me as, as we close up, uh, as the team come this morning. You know, the, the common denominator in all of these stories is that each one, uh, even Noah Rain, has had a personal encounter with Jesus. And if you're here today and you're saying, I'm, I'm hearing these stories, I'm inspired by this, um, can I tell you the difference in their life is Jesus <laughs> and then a commitment to living by his word? And uh, I just want to put out an invitation to anybody here today. If, if you're honest with yourself and said, I, I don't know where my life is tracking, I don't know where things are at, um, but in reality, I haven't given myself fully to God. I haven't surrendered my life to Him. I haven't accepted Jesus' salvation, meaning His exchange of His life for mine on the cross, that He would die so that my sins would be forgiven. If you haven't done that, it would be our honor and privilege to pray with you today and help you take that step and commit your life fully to Christ to become a part of a biblical community that would uh, love and follow Jesus. So I want to pray a prayer, and if that's you, uh, would you just pray this prayer? You can pray it out loud. We're all going to pray it together, even the guys on stage. And you can pray it in your heart or pray it out loud. And if you're committing your life first time, or maybe for a recommitment, coming back to God, would you pray this prayer in faith and know that God hears your prayer and He will answer that prayer by bringing salvation to your heart, giving you hope in the future. So let's pray together. Dear Jesus, thank You for dying on the cross for me. 
though I didn't deserve it, you extended grace to me. Please forgive me for living life my own way. I choose to follow you and give my life to you completely. Be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, we are so proud of you. We'd love to connect with you after the service. Um, Please feel free to come and see us in the guest lounge. Talk to the person you came with. Uh, We'd love to have a corridor and uh, find out a little bit more about you. Um, But uh, why don't we stand to our feet? We're going to sing one last time. As we do that, I just want to share Acts 2, 43. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. You know, when Jesus is moving in a community, the miraculous takes place. And we're believing that in this next season, we will see more and more of God moving as we commit to His Word, commit to one another as we build authentic community. So can we thank our our gentlemen for joining us today? Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.